Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium, 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, on this. Let's all say it together. Glorious Monday morning. What an incredible, confusing uh, up and down, schizophrenic, I, I mean, uh, weekend of football, uh, you know, oh man, the emotions, one, another, and I got to tell you, the Cajuns game Saturday night made, had a definite impact in my little scrambled mind watching the Saints yesterday, because I kept saying, you know, Maybe they're going to do what the Cajuns did the night before. Like, just look awful, look awful, look awful, and then explode. Now, it was a little smaller sample size. of It wasn't seven touchdown drives in a row like the Cajuns did, but it was like out of nothing came, you know, all of this, all of a sudden, boom, 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 touchdown, boom, 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 touchdown. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Out of nothing. Boom, 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 touchdown. So the K, I, I kept, I know college football and NFL are two different things. I get it. I just, in my mind, I just kept saying, well, first of all, I just kept, it's preseason football. We all, most of us hate preseason football. And we say this, not every year, but for the last three or four years. The first two to three games of an NFL regular season is preseason football. That's what we saw yesterday preseason football it just it counts it's preseason football that counts and it's so hard to know what am I watching like how can they be this bad and I you know and we've seen it before it happened in 17 it happened in 18 uh you know it's just well you, at the beginning of the year you just look awful now, there were a few teams that looked great, and the Saints looked great last year in the first game. Last year was a little different. But those first two or three games, they're just preseason games. You know, the Saints didn't hardly play in the preseason. Hardly none of their starters ever even got on the field. And you had all these, you know, Plastic Man, he played in two years, and you got a rookie wide receiver, and you got a free agent wide receiver, and you got another one they played in two years for the most part. Then you got a quarterback, you know, Man, Jameis, he said he was hurting all over. I mean, I don't – I hope he can make it. Well, it's a good thing they didn't pull Jameis yesterday. How many people, especially all the ones that were against him to begin with, were like, pull him. If they'd have pulled him, they would not have won the game. Would not have won the game. It's just that simple. Would not have won the game. It's a good thing he came back in. It was – um you know, the Saints played terrible. The Saints looked terrible. That was a horrendous performance. 
but they won. And the other thing about that performance that is so we we didn't and it's shame on me. We didn't talk enough about this. We mentioned it a few times. More having to do with Chauncey Gardner Johnson being traded. But the Saints just don't know how to defend a running quarterback. They just don't. Like the Falcons are not a great team, but they do something with Mariota not that dissimilar than what the Eagles do. And the Saints are are, are helpless. Like they they have no idea. The Saints are built to stop immobile passing quarterbacks, i.e. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Yucks. That's what the Saints defense is built for. That's what it's built for. And they they are just useless against running quarterback. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not a coach. I, I don't know how to fix it. I'm just telling you. The last two years against the Eagles, the Saints defense looked atrocious. And again, this Falcon team is not as good as the Eagle team. But they do a lot of similar things. And the Saints cannot defend it. They don't know how to defend it. They they don't know how to defend it. Now, again, I keep telling myself to feel better. This is preseason football, one. And two, the Saints don't match up with this team because they have a running quarterback that run a lot of those same option-type plays and option-type passes. And the Saints are not built for that. But I also, again, I get why they traded Chauncey Garner-Johnson, but I said at the time, I'm worried about the run defense. That's why calling them a a slot cover corner is just, it's totally deceiving and misleading. The best thing he did was stop the run. And and I, I'm worried about the run defense. I am just flat out worried about the run defense. That's something that the Saints, as a Saints fan, we just had the Saints hadn't had to worry about that in three or four years. I am re- now maybe it's a combination preseason football, because that's what we watched yesterday, preseason football. I'm talking about the level of play. Guys just not on the same page. And playing a team with a style that they just don't match up with, they just don't. The defensive performance yesterday was horrendous. Terrible. Terrible. And the offense was not really better until the very end. Awful performance, but they won. So, man, I got to sleep good. I, 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 it would have been a basket case if they lost. I mean, and look, they made so many mistakes at the end that just cannot happen. Just fortunately, they won. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Feels good. All right. <clears throat> so, I think partly uh, what that is is, like, the Falcons, and I don't know if anyone's going to agree with me or not, but, like, this preseason game, they played all their starters every preseason game and, like, deep. They had all their ones out there. They played more than, I think, almost everyone else. Like, I remember watching the Jets, them playing against the Jets. I'm like, Marcus Mariota was still in the game. <laughs> like, you know, second, third quarter. It, it could be. I, I think they're more, they were more prepared, definitely. Oh, there's no question. We were. They were. They played better. They they coached better. Everything. Yeah, I mean, it, they, it was just, you know. I, I think so, it has to do with the preseason, man. We Jameis didn't even, Jameis has been hurt. 
he hasn't been on the field. Michael Thomas has, hasn't, you know, practiced in like what three weeks. Yeah, they were they were I mean, not prepared to play a football game. They just weren't, and somehow they but, won. I mean, I mean, I, it was just a miracle. I mean, they and like yeah. they got completely so, out coached, completely outplayed, and somehow they won. I don't know if you saw this, but like there was a play in I think it was like late in the third quarter when the offensive line wasn't blocking anyone. And when they were lining up to a line of scrimmage, it looked like Eric McCoy was like, enough of this. And he started calling out, yelling protection. It would look like calling out protections for, you know, assignments for everyone. Yeah, and it was just I, like, what has this been all game? I, I don't, you know? it's just, you know, again, they, they, they'll get better. It's preseason so, football. Oh yeah. I get it. But I'm telling you, I don't know if they can get better against that kind of offense. I, I, hey. They are just not prepared for a running quarterback. They're not built for it. They don't know how to defend it. Okay. And one last thing, dude. I got a new uh, proposal for Jameis Winston, a new nickname for him. Okay. Shazam. He came out the tent. He must have went in the tent and said, Shazam. <laughs> And they came out and like was on fire. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm willing to go with it. I think I think it's interesting. I I think I think I like it. I think I like Shazam. Goes into the whole superheroes. The multi- I, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of kind of liking it. Yep. He just Shazam. Uh, I, like, I think I think it makes sense. I kind of like it. it. I appreciate they need it. To go visit that blue tent more often. Right, yes, thank you. I was watching the game with Michelle, and she kept talking about that blue tent thing too. And it's like, what? You think they shot him up? I mean, he he seemed like he had pain in his hip and all over. I mean, I don't know. He was he was walking like Fred Sanford. I mean, uh, you know, so maybe they did. But I said that had anything to do with completing passes. That's just getting rid of pain. They asked him about pain in the post game. He said I had pain all over. This is the first game. Oh, it's the first game. Paul Sinadipo better play next week. That's all I got to say. He better play Sunday. I am so sick of injuries. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. Whew, man, talk about a nerve-wracking game. Huh? Oh, oh. Now, look, now, now, now to the previous callers, um, not Shazam. It shouldn't be Shazam. Shazam. It should be Underdog. His name should be Underdog. But first of all, he's an underdog. Nobody really believes him that much. And like you said, I know when they seen Andy Dalton warming up, a lot of people that don't believe in him anyway want him gone. I know they was hoping Andy Dalton would get in the game. Hoping. And like you said, if you were to get in the game, we wouldn't have won oh, that game. Oh, we wouldn't yesterday. have won. Yeah, we, we wouldn't. No. Wouldn't have won that game yesterday at all. No chances at hell at winning that game. So I'm glad he came back in the game. So. He kind of went in that phone booth, and he became underdog. Came out and became a totally different, you know, different animal. So I think underdog Hong Kong was a little Fui. bit better than Shazam. You he was know, like Hong Kong underdog. Fui. Huh? He was like Hong Kong Fui. Cat went the, in the booth, the, and he came back out. The underdog, Kevin. That's a little bit more fitting. I'm telling you, <laughs> the underdog. Think about that carefully. But it, it's sad to get, you know, like, hey, look. A lot of people have been crying about the preseason games. This way it comes up. This way it comes. We talk about this like last year, I believe, you and I. That's why I, I, I like a little bit of preseason. People don't like it. It's so say it waste time and blah, blah, blah. This and that. There's no need for it and all this other stuff. People get hurt. All this other junk. 
We need it, though, because like you said, the first two, three weeks of the season is like preseason games because these guys ain't ready. They're not ready. Yeah, no, they're, they're not ready. They're not ready. I mean, after, I mean, now I know I said it yesterday. I was saying some of the, some, sometimes it's not an excuse because a lot of these veterans and stuff, they've been in it, know how to do it, been to training camps, know what it takes to get your body ready. But it's a little bit different when you're not practicing and playing with the regular guys you're used to playing with. And then when you come out here in week one and two, you look kind of flat, you look lost, and it takes you three and a half quarters to wake up to get your legs under you. And that's what happened basically yesterday. There was a clown show in the first half yesterday. Oh, it was Couldn't awful. get anything done. Nothing could go right. Everything was just going terribly slow and pathetically wrong. And all of a sudden, late in the game, they would all of a sudden they get in a hurry up. And, and speaking about the hurry up, why they don't do that more often like early in the game? When things are going slow, it's not really moving. It's kind of methodical, you know. Go into the hurry-up. Stop huddling up and all that. Speed up the pace, and that might get you in the rhythm a little bit more Yeah, I, we, again, know? it's been a subject we've been talking about for years. I've been crying for it for years. And, look, I understand. I don't know why they don't do that. I understand you can't physically do it for four quarters. But why can't you do it for one or two drries when you need yeah. it early? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Get yourself at least in the one drive if you're, if you're, big if you're stumbling the NBA out the gate. Shoot jump shots and stuff. Yeah. Get yourself in the – Draw fouls on on um, people. Get yourself in a rhythm. Go to the line and start like that to get yourself flowing. Yes. But I don't know why they wait so long to do that. I'm like, y'all took it took y'all three and a half quarters to realize, man, we're going too slow. We got to go a little bit faster. I mean, are y'all that dumb <laughs> making all that money, millions of dollars? I mean, if that's the case, I should be getting paid because I knew they should have been doing that. So you get yourself it's ready. Yes. You start doing things a little bit different, but it, it took too long and it almost cost them the game. You know, and some of these guys like Matthew and Warner, they got to stop getting run, ran over, man. I mean, they ran over them cats like four or five times, man. I'm like, dude, are y'all hitting too high or what? I mean, stop getting ran over. You keep, the guy keep running you over and putting you on your back and you're looking up at, at the lights. That's not good, no, man. It was, it was, we got to get that bad. together. You know, we got to get that together. So we got another idiot coming next week. We got to play. Hopefully we can get that win against them because that's going to be a better team in a whole different situation we're going into next week. So we got to be ready. I, I think it's a better matchup. I, th- I think it's a better matchup, but they are a better team. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for the call. Later, Kevin. All right. Let's go. It's Monday. So we'll take one more and then we'll get to our first timeout. Hello. Uh, about yesterday's game, man, what I like. Think about some players who missed significant time or who didn't play last year. Uh, contributed to this victory. Uh, such as Jameis, such as uh, Lutz. I know Lutz missed that field goal earlier, uh, but he came through with the game winner. And uh, Michael Thomas, uh, he just he rejuvenated for that fourth. Um, you can you can feel the momentum change, man. When he caught that first touchdown pass, and then uh, Jameis threw a nice one to him over the sideline, like a nice little pass over the shoulder. And I both that, of that them, helped. right? Both of the touchdowns, he was covered. And that's the beauty of of having an elite receiver. He can be covered, and you throw it, and it still is a completion. Even Peyton Turner, I know he did. I know he missed some significant time last year. He came up big with that uh, block. Um, hey, hey, man, that was a fumble before the uh, first, yes. before the end of the first. Yeah, I think it was fumble. too. I agree. Also, Atlanta was getting away with some holding. Yes, uh, there was some holding. I saw like on some of those run plays. Like, whoa, come on, okay, holding. Of course, they didn't throw the flag. Lattimore, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be that stupid. Um, yeah, you cannot you, be that stupid. Yes. Yeah. Um, first game, I, um, like I said, man, I can't take any way, take anything away from this. Warner had a good game to me. 
you know, yeah, he's made some good tackles. You know, his first week, um, like you said, he guys really don't play too much in the preseason. Felt Warner contributed well. He did some great and he and, and he didn't hardly practice because he was nursing a groin most of camp. So yeah, no, he he led the team in tackles by far. Uh, no, look, the Falcons to Rockefeller's point, the Falcons out game planned them. They were more ready to play, and yet they still found a way to win. So you just got to tug that away and, and hope they get better. Um, one thing I didn't like about yesterday's game, where was the pass rush? Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with a running quarterback, whatever. Yeah, I think that was um, it. Huh? I think that was it. But you're right. There was no pass rush. It, it was non-existent. But I think it's it, it's because, I'm telling you, they just – it's, they just are bum-fuzzled. Like, they just – they don't know what to do against a running quarterback. Hey, let me ask you this, man. That first half, when Jameis was getting sacked all over the place, was that more of a, a line – like, not picking up blitz assignments or that was more of a line thing to you? And I'm going to hang up and hear your thoughts. All right, thanks. I think it was bad – Route running is my get my guess. Again, I, I don't know. I'm not seeing the whole field. But, I mean, I'm sure it was going through people's mind, well, why isn't Jameis throwing the ball? Well, I don't think he wants to throw to covered receivers. And, again, I, I think as the season goes on, he and Plastic Man are going to be on the same page a little more. Him and Jarvis are going to be on the same page a little more. They'll, they'll kind of, you know, the hot routes and all that. I think it was just bad scheme and slash not being together. Because one thing you have to give Jameis credit for, you know, I know he came in with this silly reputation about throwing all these interceptions because he had one season where he threw a bunch of interceptions. I mean, it's just silliness. Like, read more than the first sentence, okay? Uh, you know, again, come on. But anyway, um, and he did a good job when he could have forced balls and just thrown it up of taking sacks or just throwing the safe pass, throwing incompletions that were not close to being intercepted. There was one that was kind of close to being intercepted. But, again, that was a – he was throwing it up, and it would have been – you know, it was like – it would have been a really nice interception if he'd have made it. He probably should have caught it. But it wasn't like throwing it to double coverage or anything. He just threw it up, and the cornerback beat the wide receiver on that play. But I think – uh, was it off bad offensive line? Yeah, there's no question. The offensive line's got to do a better job of picking up blitzes. They just have to. They have to. I mean, it was it was clueless. But I think most of it was he didn't have an open receiver to throw to on a hot route. Like, why not? It just seemed like the pass patterns were not. You know, the scheme, the play calling, the routes were not good enough. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back again. Two hours of open phone lines. And we'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints also known as Alvin Kamara. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home 
for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And I know this is a football Monday, but we are in baseball season. If you would like, Astros won another series, finish over the weekend against the little MVPs, finish the season the season matchup against the little MVPs. And the Astros haven't been sweeping. But they haven't been getting swept. They've actually been winning two out of three a lot. And so that works. Um, I still don't love the way they were swinging the basketball ball. They swung them yesterday. Bregman hit a grand slam. El Pedro Grande hit his first home. I mean, I've probably gained seven, eight pounds since he last hit a home run. I mean, it's unbelievable how long it's been since that cat hit a home run. And Trey Mancini hit a three-run homer on the train track. So, Big day offensively yesterday, and um, that was good to see. Also, speaking of the Astros, if you would like to win four tickets to the October 1st game against the Tampa Bay Rays, all you need to do is join the clubhouse, and you can win four tickets to that game. You could win hotel accommodations as well as a tour at Minute Maid Park. By going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Astro Weekend Getaways. This is the last one, obviously, with the regular season about to come to an end. Brought to you by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game. All right. Um, Again, open line, phone lines for two hours, 706-0111. 706 As crazy as the... Saints game yesterday, and there's so many things that were not good about that game. Even in the wins, even in the part when the Saints started playing well, they did things that, you know, were not good. But the Cajun game might have been more crazy. It was I, it was like once the Cajuns got going, they couldn't, Eastern Michigan couldn't stop them. The only thing that scares me about that game, I, I still don't know. I, I, I wrote a column at The Advocate yesterday, theadvocate.com. Basically, it's small sample size. It's two games. It's preseason for the co- college teams, too. They don't even have preseason games in college football. So they're in preseason mode, too. We've, they, the, the Cajuns offensively have played four quarters, two really bad and two really good. So what are they? I don't know. Which one's real? Like most things, it's probably somewhat in the middle. But the things that confuse me or the things that concern me with the Cajuns is the offense didn't get itself going. Now, this part of being a team, the defense and the special teams got it going. They had zero points. Eric Guerra returns a punt 34 yards. I don't know, to the, what, 30-something yard line of, of the Eagles, and they score a touchdown. Then Brandon Bishop gets a pick at the, like, 20-something, 30-yard line. Not, I think it was 27-yard line, somewhere in that vicinity. Short field. I'm like, oh, this is how Tom Brady's whole career went. Just short field after short field after short field. But um, defense came up with a turnover. Short field, scored a touchdown. So it was really the defense and the special teams that got the offense going. Now, once the offense started going, then, it you know, it's like they 
by that time, Eastern Michigan, they had melted down. They were physically worn out, it looked like, and, and the cage just ran and threw all over them. But they're going to need the offense to be able to have the ability to do it on its own, and we'll see if that comes as the season goes on. But, no, um, you want to talk about the the offense played a role in it, the special teams played a role in it. And uh, I wrote in a notebook yesterday, and I, I think it was an, the Cajun game, and then we're going to get back to the phone lines. The, there were two plays that I thought were huge. One of them was right after um, the right after the Cajuns' first drive of the second half failed after four plays and a punt. The first play of that next drive, Tyler Guidry gets in the backfield for a minus five. And it just kind of that I thought that minus five right there just kind of changed the tide. It, it, it uh, the defense played much better after that. And then two drives later, the defense got a stop and forced a punt, and it was like third and five, I think it was. And they threw a pass over the middle. It looked like the guy was going to maybe be able to get the first down. And Tyrone Lewis made a great tackle where he you know he a, a, he was tackling a bigger guy and he picked him up and threw him to the ground one yard shy at the first down, and they punted. Cajuns went down and scored again. Seven straight drives in the second half with touchdowns. It was it was remarkable, the turnaround that that game took place, very similar to what took place in Atlanta yesterday. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Joey. Hello. Hey, good morning. Boy, the Cajuns, uh, tale of two halves, huh? That, that, that might be the worst half of football I've seen in a long time, the first half. It was bad. when they gave up coming out of a lightning break and they give up that touchdown just before what was the half. Right. Uh, you know, third and, what, 25, and they give up a touchdown with five seconds left. I thought that was the death knoll. And to their credit, man, the one thing you can say about this team for the last several years, they got a lot of heart, man, and a lot of fight. And – I just think they eventually, they were on the field so much, they wore them big corn-fed dudes out. I think they're not used to the heat and humidity. Uh, and uh, I got a feeling as the game went on, they just wore out. And what a what a steamroll. I mean, seven drives in a row with a touchdown. It reminded me of a homecoming game against Northeastern when I was in school in the 80s, you know, where we were getting beaten and in the second half. I think they scored 40-something points. Same yep, thing. 40, so, yep. Uh, what a fun ride, though. And then the Saints, it's never Off. easy, Kevin. No. Well, never easy. these early games. About just... the running quarterbacks. And they just looked like they weren't ready for what was coming. And, and, look, they, too, showed a lot of heart and came back. My two big issues with yesterday. And the first week, you've you got to remember, last year we made Green Bay. We embarrassed them in week one. And this was a team that went on to be a, you know, close to the Super Bowl, so you can't really judge on week one. But Lattimore, I call Will Smith to come slap that dude. That's just stupid, stupid. And we, if he'd have made that field goal, I'd have made him walk home. That, that, that's, you can't do that. That's just ignorance, and it's inexcusable. And, look, uh, I, I give Winston a lot of credit, but you got to have better game awareness. Um, I'll even forgive the, the first spike that they got intentional grounding on. Because if you watch the replay, he got touched before Landry got touched before he was out of bounds. So the clock should have been running, and I think he thought it was running. But the second spike, 
two things. You either got to get up there and run a play because it's third down, and I don't think he realized it was third down because he wasn't counting the loss of down. You could see him saying two and three and four with his fingers. Well, but, but again, are, does he not have someone in his helmet now? Like what? what? I I agree. I see. I look, I, I, even, I'm even thinking worse, they were all fooled. It, if you are going to spike it, that play needs you need to spike it with two seconds left on the clock, and that field goal was the last play of the game. It's uh, it's just a lack no, of absolutely game yes, and yes, that's frustrating. yes, yes. Hey, say again. Yes, they absolutely mismanaged. You see, I was I was screaming, "Don't spike it!" as they were running. But yeah, if if and really, I'm not even. I don't know. I guess say I guess spiking is the see the part about it that I do like is I saw several and, and look, they should have run clock. There's just no arguing that. But but the the part about it that I do like is I watched other games yesterday where people ran that one extra play, and that one extra play got a minus four or a minus five. You know, right. just because you run that one, you could get sacked. There's all You could get a fumble. You could get an interception. There's all kind of stuff that could happen if you run that one extra play. But if you just run the clock, I'm okay with just downing it or spiking it, but you got to run clock first. Or even throwing it out of bounds. I don't know if you can spike it after sitting under the center for you know fifteen seconds. I don't know how that rule works. You know, you, you know that, that that's a, that's another thing. I I really think the spirit. We've had two situations now: last week with the Cajuns and that one yesterday. The spirit of intentional grounding, I don't think, is being executed with these. You know, the, I mean, you're not. You were not uh, trying to avoid a rush. You're not trying to beat the clock in those two situations. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's what intentional grounding was meant for. I, I think the spirit yeah, of the rule it, it, is being was, violated was, by the execution of the officials there. I thought, the, again, you can say that every week. I thought the officiating was questionable in a lot of instances. But, look, it's how good is it to have Lutz back? We're a playoff team with Lutz last year. I'm 100. Yeah, I thought he was awful yesterday, except for the last kick. Even the kicks he made were these line drives. I don't. Want, I hate horizontal kicking. I want the ball to go up and down, up and down. What's with all this horizontal junk? The pucker factor on that 51 yarder was intense, and your boy drilled it. That kick would have been good from 65 yards. Oh, no, he nailed it. It was great to see. I appreciate that he came through, but he was – they wouldn't have even been in that situation if he couldn't stop all that horizontal junk. And lastly, I know you got a lot of folks probably want to get in. Did it seem like there were more Saints fans than Falcon fans in that stadium? I don't know. I don't worry about that. I just know that we cannot defend a running quarterback. Well, it did just seem like we were loud. If if we were outnumbered, we were louder, and that's pathetic for a season opener against your most hated rival to have more visitors in the stands than home people. I, I think it's inexcusable for them, and that's why I just think Falcons will always be a fair weather fan base. You got Paul, a few diehards. Paulson Adebo better play Sunday. Well, I'm just going to say who that you win in advance. There aren't any UWs. There are no ugly wins. They're just called wins in the win column. And this was a big one. This was real big. Now we got Tampa, and this is it, this a fun start to the season. I mean, I love the fact you got these two guys to, to start off, and I hope the Dome's going to be rocking next It's a week. shame Man, that a, it is. A, it's a shame because neither team is ready, but hopefully the Saints can – 
again, got completely outcoached yesterday, completely outplayed, but found a way to win. And so hopefully that can happen again. What a fun weekend, man. Who that? All right. Take care. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. I'm thinking that we'll get some sort of explanation. They don't you don't always get the truth from coaches and players even uh as far as what happened there. I cuz again, now, I mean, it was I'm sure there was some noise, but it wasn't that loud in that place. And so why would I'm thinking the coaches thought the clock was running too on the first spike? Like it, it seemed like they were all fooled. I, I don't know. It was, I'd like to hear an explanation of what happened there. But there's no question that they mismanaged it. Again, my only point is I don't hate the fact that I would have, I was saying run another play, run another play. And, but, the fact that they spiked it, in, in, not in terms of the clock, but in terms of not running another play, the one value of that is what I was saying. I saw other games where people ran a play and they went backwards. Just because you run another play doesn't mean you're going to go forward. Bad stuff can happen. You can sack fumble. You can throw an interceptions. You can throw a play, a safe, quick pass that gets played great by the defense and you lose three or four yards. I saw that yesterday. So just because you run another play doesn't mean you're going to go forward. And so I, I I was okay with that part of it because at least you got the kickoff. In other words, the whole goal here is to at least get a kickoff. But, yes, uh, the the kick should not have left 19 seconds. That, 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 was, that was definitely mismanaged. Of course, they probably wouldn't have been in that situation had they not spiked it the first time, which was – which in in my mind goes back to something that I've complained about for a long time. And that is the defense should not get an advantage after giving up a, pl- a big play of 40, 50, 60 yards. The way it's executed right now in the NFL is the defense gets an advantage. That should not be. If you give up a 40, 50, 60-yard play, you sh- something is not right about the way they do the clock where the offense all of a sudden is hurried. A lot of times they got to call a timeout. A lot of times they got to rush to play. Why should you get, be put at a disadvantage? Because you made a big play. They've got to fix that. I've complained about that for years. It, it's like... Well, I get, I, I get a 40, 50, 60-yard play, and all of a sudden I got to hurry, and I got to all of a sudden the defense gets an advantage when you just got torched. Why should you get an advantage? They got to fix that. It's uh, It drives me bonkers. But it's like they were hurried, and, 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 and they didn't know whether he was inbounds or out of bounds, and somebody should have known something. I think they were all fooled, really. But no, that was whole that was mismanaged, no question about it. It was an awful performance, except for they won. So I take it. It's a preseason game. You take W's. They got to get better, but I'm really worried about the run defense. And Paulson Adebo better play Sunday. I'm so sick of these injuries. I just all right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more 
on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Monday night football tonight can be heard right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, the beginning of the Russell Wilson era for the in Denver against his old team, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Monday night football. You've got um, Buck and Aikman. He's, you know, we're at Fox forever, and now they're going to be on uh, ESPN doing Monday Night Football. So it will be very, you know, again, I don't worry about that. Some people do, but around my household, it's a big night. The beginning of the Russell Wilson era. We'll see how that goes. Um, it's it's funny because the first what two drives at a game. They used Batman very similar to how he was used in the past. Did he get another carry the rest of the game? It's like he had – I understand you can't always go to the well too often. But it constantly amazes me how a team can have some success doing something and then they never go back to it again the rest of the game. Like, I understand you got to do other stuff, but – he might have had, what, one other carry? And first of all, I don't think Savoir Fair, who was my old nickname for Jonathan Vilma, uh, he shouldn't be doing Saints games. I mean, it's, it's just silly. I, I hate when they do that job. Just assign him. I'm not saying he can't do it. Just he needs to be doing like the Eagles and the Lions or someone. He doesn't need to be doing a Saints game. That's stupid. But anyway, one time – they did run another one, and he got four yards, and he's acting like they shut it down. I'll take four yards. Most of the plays that the Saints got yesterday were not four yards. So I, I, I just didn't think – I think they got away from it too much. The You know, when they were down 16, I'm thinking, okay, there's still time. It's still two possessions. The problem is, what in the world two-point play are they going to run? I didn't love <clears throat> I didn't love the first two-point play, but it was just a play. I mean, he just dropped back, and he trusted Wes Chandler to beat his guy, and he made a throw, and it worked. Not my favorite play in the world, but it's a play that made some sense. And it worked. Well, the whole time their Saints are driving on that second drive, I'm like, yeah, but what are they what are they gonna do for a two point conversion? They gotta they gotta have they gotta run a better two point play. They gotta run a better two point play. What in the, that's what I said the whole time. That's what was going in my mind the whole this is great that they're driving, but what about the two point play? Because 
<clears throat> Casper has been terrible for the last two or three years. He had no idea what to do in a two-point play. I don't know what they do in practice all week. Can somebody come up with a two-point play? Can somebody come up with a two-point play? And so they put Superman back there and ran him out. Oh, that was such. Of all the calls that they could have made, that might have been the worst one ever. I don't know how many choices they had. Say they got 15. That had to be ranked 14th, probably 15th. Why in the world did you think that would work? What a horrendous play call. Horrendous. I mean, how can you be that stupid, seriously, to call that play? What were they doing? And somehow, they still won. And they won because coaches don't understand game management. I I see it all the time. Like, all the Falcons had to do with an athletic quarterback, seriously, to win that game. It was, what, third and two or whatever it was on their final, on their second to last possession. You have an athletic quarterback. Just go into center and quarterback sneak it like he did in the end zone. The Steelers were playing the Bengals yesterday. By the way, I know the people in Cincinnati probably aren't advanced enough to know what a medicine season is, just like the people in – but they'll learn. But um, the the, the Steelers are trying to set up a field goal. They wanted to get a little closer. You have an athletic quarterback. He's big and physical and athletic. Run the quarterback sneak. Instead, they drop back and pass and lose three or four yards, which is one of the plays I was referring to with the Saints scenario. Sometimes, like Florida State against LSU the week before, just go on a knee. Just run the quarterback. Why complicate things when you can make them simple? What are you pitching the ball from the one-yard line for? Just quarterback sneak or go on a knee. Why do why do all these teams, when they're trying to run out the clock, hand off and take a chance on fumbling? Just go on a knee. Simplify things. Now look, I'm I'm totally glad that the Falcons didn't quarterback sneak, but all they had to do was quarterback sneak, and that game was over. Think about how stupid you have to be as a coach to not do that. They just don't get game management. They don't get it. Well, I'm glad whatever his name, Arthur Smith, didn't get it yesterday. I was able to sleep good. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Finish out the first hour next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The Little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. We just got about a minute left. 
uh, in in this first hour. And I, you know, again, some if it helps my team, then I'm I'm glad that it helps my team. But I still don't think it's right. Another thing in in, in rules. Again, these are not the officials. These are the rule makers. I, I do not like this new trend in football where you get the play and the penalty. Now, again, if it's a dead ball or a personal foul like roughing the passer, I, I, I get moving at extra yards. But when it's just a normal play like <coughs> holding or offsides, this idea that I get to play and the penalty, no, that's ridiculous. Who thought of that junk? You either get, I'm not talking about a tack-on penalty, personal foul. I'm talking about, I don't know, there's a procedural play or a hold or something. You And you you get a few yards and you say, we're going to just tack it on. Like yesterday, they called holding on the offensive line on a punt. And the and 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 the Saints got the yards of the punt return plus they tacked on 10 yards. That's ridiculous. You either get the play or you get the penalty. This idea that you get both is ridiculous. They have got to change that. That is awful. Like I just these rule makers are just stupid people. They have no sense of justice. Zero sense of justice. That'll do it for the first hour, another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Again, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3. 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 0111. on this glorious Monday morning. Saints win. Cajuns win. Astros win. Tigers win. You know, we all, everybody knew LSU was going to win. It was a name the score kind of game, but they did win. And so, <clears throat> happy fan bases for the most part. All over the place. Now, obviously, there are people in our listening audience. There are people in this area that pull for other teams. Not everybody's team won. There's a lot of Cowboy fans. Things do not look good for the Cowboys. I mean, first of all, they did not look good. Uh, They only scored three points. Then Dak Prescott gets hurt. They already have serious weapons issues. And, you know, when Gallup comes back, they'll have more. But, again, they're saying Dak's going to be out six to eight weeks. And the problem with that is when he comes back, he's not there. Most people around, teams and players around the league are going to be in midseason form. He's going to be basically in preseason form. That's pop on. That's not good. I'm really glad now because my last decision 
in the NFC was, am I picking the Vikings to go to the playoffs or am I picking the Cowboys to go to the playoffs? And I picked the Vikings to go to the playoffs. <clears throat> and so in terms of wanting to be closer to accurate on my predictions, I feel, you know, again, it's one game, a lot of games to go. We all get that, and we have to remind ourselves that with all these games. <clears throat> but but of all the losses that took place in yesterday's first weekend of the NFL, the Cowboys might be in the worst shape just because th- they lost. It was a home game, and they lost their starting quarterback. You know, the Steelers might also be in that discussion. Maybe it's the Steelers. They won. It was a road game, so those two things are against a division team, so those two those things are, are good. But they lost their best player in Watt, and we don't know that it's for the season, but most people are speculating with a torn pectoral muscle that it's going to be for the season. And so they got to win with defense. And they did enough on defense yesterday to win. They got a little lucky because the cocky little kicker, and and he needed that. He was cocky. You know, McPherson was so cocky last year, and he was the hero of the playoffs. And he it got to his head. And I don't think he's the mo- I don't think he was the most popular player of that team last year. And so he he you know he's part of the medicine season. He's a big part of the medicine season that the Bengals are about to have, in my opinion. But they um <clears throat> they um they look like a team that's you know very much like the Rams. I mean they both had a he- now is there time for them to rebound? Of course there is. But no, it's a um it's a it's a medicine season situation for those two teams for sure. Um I don't know is there anybody else? I I would say the Cowboys and the Steelers are pretty high on that list of all the teams that lost yesterday. What were the most crippling, like the most potentially um, season-altering? Now, and again, the Steelers won. <laughs> the, the Steelers won. The Cowboys lost. But if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm a little worried about you know, not only that, Harris got hurt too, and here we go. I know it's fa- it's not fantasy day, but here we go with fantasy football. Running backs are hurt. Boy, I'm glad I didn't pick Najee Harris in the first round because I might have. I was pretty high on him. Picking injured running backs in the first round. Um. I guess some people might say the Packers. I could listen to that argument. We'll see what happens. Um, Their defense did not play well at times yesterday. Got torched by Justin Jefferson. Their offense is going to get off to a slow start. I think most of us figured that. We'll see how the much progress the wide receivers make and how long it takes to make that progress. But that's an interesting thing. Which one had the worst week? Um, 
Before we get to the game hotline, also want to say, stay, give a standing, uh, a ceremonial standing ovation <clears throat> to the Sunbelt Conference. Obviously, a very great weekend for the Sunbelt Conference. Marshall beats Notre Dame in South Bend. Cajuns have to play Marshall in a month. Um, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska. Now, Nebraska is not ranked as highly as Notre Dame or Texas A&M, but still, Georgia Southern, I mean, they were, I, I kind of I thought they'd finish last, and they still might, who knows, but, uh, you know, I thought they had, they're, they're doing major scheme changes, and they went on the road and won. Um, and then, of course, Appalachian State, after f- not really thinking too highly about the art of playing defense in the first game, they decided defense was a pretty good idea, and they went to A&M and played some and won that game. And Dopey, I mean, that's my nickname. Jimbo Fisher looks like Dopey from the Seven Doors to me. And, and they, they never have a quarterback there. I know they had the... Johnny Menzel, the biggest punk of all time, like might be like the only man in the world that could make me root for Nick Saban to win, Tugtail to win, was Johnny Manziel. But other than him, they never have a good quarterback. Like their quarterback is terrible. I, I mean, how can you be A&M and you never have a good quarterback? I, I, I just don't get that. But uh, no, what a, what a bad, and the Cajuns, you know, have now won 15 in a row. Uh, a little worried about this game at Rice on Saturday, and we'll get to that later on in the week. But, uh, no, we wanted to give kudos to the Sunbelt Conference. Man, you know, in terms of the whole realignment thing, they have they were champions in that. They've made a lot of progress, and then these teams come in, and ODU gets a big win last week. And, you know, this week Marshall gets a big win. and Wow. App gets a big win. I mean, big big weekend for the Sunbelt Conference. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, you know, I, I, I'm 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 so <laughs> thankful that the that the Saints got a victory uh, yeah. despite just playing That's horrendous. That's it, I mean, Kevin. That's it. You know, just tell them that. That's when they move on. I mean, they miss, especially in week one. One, two, three. If you get victories in, get two out of three in the first three weeks of preseason, you uh, you just be happy that you that you have them because, uh, as you know, when when I saw Mariota was the quarterback of Atlanta, I was scared to death because I knew exactly the only way for Mariota to, to to flourish is to move the pocket, to bootleg, to you know RPO, all that stuff, and then. You put that Saint killer in the backfield, number 84, and he just murders us every time you step on the field with him. So, yeah, it's it, it's you win. You just bad that you won. Thank goodness, and and uh, you know, good good job coming back. Listen, uh, I wanted to, Kevin, yeah, how long do you think it takes some people to to mature and grow up? Like 23. How at the end of a football game, in the waning five seconds, <clears throat> is your thought process to take a cheap shot 
and and waylay somebody that's not looking at you. How on earth can you play football that long and do and something that like that? Yes, and do and that be the primary thought in your brain when the game is on the line, winding down. Oh yay! I'm gonna take a cheap shot. That's just phenomenal. I mean, the guy's not a rookie anymore. You know, he's what 27, 26, 27 years. You know. It's just when you're 15 or 16, you might think like that. But how can you have gotten, can you have gotten to this level? And that's your primary thought process at the end of a game. Unbelievable. He should be fine. Yeah, they should find him. To play. Yes. It, I mean, it, it could have cost him the game easily. It, oh, Kevin, very well. Because let me tell you something. That cat kicking for the Falcons. Can kick. Sure. <laughs> he can kick on the Luckily with that, he had to, you know, he's got to hit that low, obviously, and and did a good job of, of on the special teams right there. But because because oh if he God. don't do that, they're down to one play. They got to throw a hail mary, you know, seventy yards. Right, it's a hail mary. They're down. That's the last play, and they're at the what forty minus forty. That's a hail mary. They're just gonna chunk onto the end zone, and you know that's game over. But. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and, and the last thing, woe to those who do not fear the power of Chad McCormick because Raymond, I don't want you to tell Raymond because I don't get the chance to call Raymond. When he scoffed at Chad McCormick being the person to come through with the power when he was on his little uh, interview with James, the guy in Houston, he scoffed at Chad McCormick and woe to him because little did he know Chaz was going to come through that very night, Kevin, that very night. He hit a two-run home. Right. Yes, yes, a big exactly. one. Exactly. All right. All right, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. Take care. No, look, my daughter calls him Wren, and um, she loves Wren, and she gets mad at me whenever I question him. And, and I, you know, Wren is what he is. He's uh, he can hit He can hit left-handers. Cannot hit right-handers, so you got to just you know you got to utilize him properly. But but Ren, um, you know he did a good job, no question. Can't argue. He he's he's gotten a lot of big hits, and he's come through and he's helped him. And you know the outfield's for the most part pretty weak, and especially with all the injuries, and it's been up, you know, it's been in and out and in and out injuries and all that. And so, no, it's um, I appreciate what what he's done the Astros this year um no I the 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 timing issues I mean or I should say the clock issues would the spike or not spike or spike too soon or should have ran another play all that was bad a lot of miscommunication there but again I think the first part of that which I think led to the second part is can be fixed if the NFL would have fair rules. And when 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 you hit a forty-something yard play as an offense, you should not be at a disadvantage. And and the rules make make you such. They got us. They got to figure out a way to solve that problem. But but the whole that's day one. I mean, how in the world can you hit? Like he should be fined. Now I'm sure they got agents, and I'm sure they got. You should be fine when you do something that boneheaded to, to sell your whole team down the river. 
after everything that you had been through to come back in that game and to potentially lose a game because you're an idiot, he should be fined. I mean, that, that is ridiculous. He, Manny is absolutely correct about that. It is just, I was just so emotionally spent at that point that I was just like, I didn't even have enough left to get overly angry at him, and I just put my head down and walked into the other room and and, kind of watched the kick, you know, with my fingers over my hands from the other room where I could, you know, through my fingers. and, And Because Lutz had been terrible all day, like I said earlier. It was just all this horizontal kicking. Like, is Garrett Hartley on my team again? What's with all this horizontal kicking junk? Up and down. You're an NFL kicker. That's all you have to do. Kick the ball up and down. Now, every once in a while, you're going to get one blocked. Every once in a while, you're going to push it to the right or left. I get that. But all this horizontal kicking stuff has got to stop. Up and down. That's what I want to see. Horizontal kick. I hate horizontal kicking. I like my kicking vertical. Up and down. But, man, he came through. Thank you, Will Lutz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I mean, this could have been a disaster weekend, really. But, thankfully, it wasn't. It was glorious. But, man, they got a lot. I mean, they got, I mean, you can't, I don't know they could have played a worse game other than the, flurry, the offensive flurry at the end. They got to figure something out. They got to have better routes. I, I, I just think the routes, I think, this, I think they just got completely outcoached. Pre-game. They got completely outcoached, and that happens. I'm not down on the coaches. That happens. Every coaching staff gets outcoached. Everyone. But uh, they got outcoached. But they won. So you take the win, move on. We'll, We'll take a timeout, be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. Want to remind you to go to acadianadeals.com. You could get two $20 vouchers for only $20 at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Again, that's $40 in vouchers for only $20. If you go to acadianadeals.com to purchase, there's only 11 left. So uh, the it's running out. The opportunities are running out. Go to Dickie's Barbecue Pit in the new shopping center, the Corner Kali Saloon and Ambassador. Again, you could win two $20 vouchers for only $20 at AcadianaDeals.com for Dickie's Barbecue. Could be a nice 
uh, meal that you go pick up on the way home to watch a little Monday night football where the plans are we're going to be watching tonight. The Russell Wilson era begins in Denver with the Broncos against the Seahawks. You know, there's so much in that game. There's an old Super Bowl that was played between those two that's still a little bit of a sensitive subject around my household. And then you've got the whole Russell Wilson versus the Seahawks scenario. And that game you can hear right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Someone texted me during the break and brought up another point. Marshawn Lattimore, that's day one. Um my nickname for him, is, you know, should be fined. But that play doesn't happen. The block field goal doesn't have to happen. If Marcus May could catch the football, that's another good point. Like, catch the football. He threw it right to him. You catch the ball, game over. Catch the football. Just awful. Um, all right. I want to do something here, and we're going to try to do it throughout the year. And I know a lot of you are not going to like this because, you know, there's a lot of QWs in this country. But I, I want to I put the whole QW thing to the test. And I understand that it's week one. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's week one. I get that. But we're going to do it each week. You might end up being right. I'm sure some weeks I'm going to look right. Some weeks all the QWs are going to look right. But um, I, I just want to go through that process because, we, you know, everything in this country is about worshiping quarterbacks. That's all we do in this country, worship quarterbacks. They, the, the, game, the game of football is nothing but a game of horse between quarterbacks. That's what y'all most of you tell me. Not all of you, but that's what most of you think. So I want to I want to I want to start this uh this week and we'll do it each week and we'll see how it goes. Um I got to tell you I can the I did the count before the show and 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 you might disagree with me and if you do call and we can discuss it and you might be right. You might be right. But I did it for the going into tonight's game. And 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 there's some there's a couple that we could discuss that you might disagree with me on my assessment. But I did for the QWs. The better quarterback won seven times. The quarterback that wasn't better won six times. And there were two draws. Now I think the discussion might be, well, there's more than two draws here. And it was what I mean by a draw is the two quarterbacks are on the same level. One one quarterback was not at a higher level than the other one, so you know it was a draw in that category, in that instance. Um. So, and I hope this doesn't happen. But if the Seahawks win tonight, because there's a big difference between Russell Wilson and and Geno Smith. If the Seahawks win tonight, which I hope doesn't happen, according to my estimation, it's going to be seven seven and two after one week. Not a good week for the QWs. But we'll let's let's go to the game hotline and then we'll get back to some of the details of that assessment. Hello, you're on the air. Foot. How are this you, sir? I hadn't heard that voice in a while. The man from South Lafouche. Where you been? Oh man, between working and, and uh 
we had a grandbaby over the summer, and oh, it's just been chaos, man. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Well, foot, I don't need counseling yet, but I can see that I will in the next month. <laughs> that was that was an awful performance, but we got the W. I mean, a preseason game, got a W. There's so many things to be upset somebody, about. I mean, I was talking to somebody last night, and I said it takes a a good football team to play like crap for 53 minutes and win in the last seven minutes. That's what I, that's what we're hoping. But but that's gonna bite them pretty soon. I'll tell you. Okay, I was on the road yesterday, so we were listening on the radio. I came back back and watched it on the DVR last night. So Lattimore throws the cheap shot at the end of the game, and I think he was thinking that the game was over. So he'd get away with one because once the game's over, there's no penalty can be assessed after the game is over. But it wasn't over. Awesome. So And that was very difficult to follow on the radio. And then when I came home and watched it, he he uh it was just a cheap shot and he shouldn't have done that. Dennis Allen needs to get up his Oh no, he needs to be fine. Yeah, he needs it. to be fine. That 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 was awful. But since you are an official, and again, I the there are so many rules that I don't like, and I understand. I'm sure there are plenty of officials that don't like every rule they have to enforce. It's like, you know, police, you don't like every law you have to enforce, but it's kind of your job. So it's not that you agree or disagree, but please, ex- like, I don't, this trend of you get the play and the penalty. I don't like that. I don't think that happens as much at high school as in the higher levels, but I, I just don't understand. Is that just a, we're trying to speed up the game thing? Uh, yeah, once you when when you mentioned it earlier, I started thinking about it, and it's like when it, it deals with change of possession. When you have a change of possession, and the penalty was committed before the change of possession, they can accept the penalty and keep the ball. And there's there's a few technicalities on that, but that's basically what it is. I, I just you know, I, other than a, like a personal foul, aspect. I don't think you should be able to get the play or and the penalty. I think you should, you should have to choose. Yeah, and, and rules change every year. You know, they may tweak that in the future. But uh, remember, that's three different days of the week, and that's three different sets of rules. Yes, Friday, no, Saturday, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. You know, but there are some things that are common. But anyway, but uh, what has to happen, I need to come over to your house. You know, I've told you before, the Broncos are my second favorite team. Uh-huh. I need to come spend a Sunday at your house with my Broncos hat and my Saints shirt and watch a game with you and your wife oh. and watch both of them because uh, we'll be hollering at Oh, absolutely. All evening, you know? Well, what she does with me is she gets she has no patience, okay? So, like, if I'm watching a Bronco game with her, constantly she's saying, shut up, this is not your team. That happens all the time. Just be quiet. Don't even say that. Why did you – because I say things. I'm always anticipating the next play. She's like – why would you even say that? She's into this jinxing and all that. You just don't say certain yeah. things. And so um, she gets really mad at me during her games. She gets, yeah. And well, especially if I'm giving advice to the coach. Yeah. If I'm giving advice. Yes. If I'm giving advice to her coach, she hates it. Yeah. All right. I got to run fo- foot. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for the call, sir. All right. The um, oh my phone went messed up on me here. We'll 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 get it back. But all right, so look, Matthew Stafford's real good, but I think most of us would agree the Josh Allen 
is better than Matthew Stafford. Although you could argue they're both in that elite category. I went ahead and gave that to the QW. See, that's how nice I am. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you that one to the QWs. The better quarterback won that game. Uh, Saints-Falcons. Now, you could argue that they're in the same category. In fact, they probably are. But I'm going to give you that one. I mean, that's how generous I am. You could argue that Ma- that Mariota and Jameis are, is in, in that same bottom third category of starting quarterbacks. Now, I don't believe that. I think Jameis is a little better than people give him credit. But recently, I mean, Jameis hasn't done anything in the last two years. So from a fairness standpoint, I could say that's a draw. But I'm going to give you that one to the QW. So you're 2-0. and um, Trey Lance and Fields, to me, they're both totally young, unproven quarterbacks. So I put that in the draw category. And by the way, how about the cheaters? They got beat by the Bears in their little preseason game. That is a bad loss because the Bears are not good. Pardon. But, I mean, I don't know that anybody could argue with that. Lance is totally unproven young quarterback. Fields is a totally unproven young quarterback. And so I put that in the draw category. Mitchell Trubisky against Joe Burrow. Who won? Mitchell Trubisky is not on the same level as Joe Burrow. So uh, I get that one. Sorry, QWs. Uh, This is another one. Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. You could easily argue easily argue that they're about on the same level. I mean, Jared Goff, we think he's terrible, but the cat did go to a Super Bowl. Shouldn't have, but he did. And Jalen Hurts is ascending. They're not really on that different of a level, but I'll give you that one. I mean, that's how generous I am. I'm going to give you that one to the QWs, even though that one's probably really a draw. So I'm giving any anything that's close so far, I've given to you, QWs. Um, Tua against Mac Jones. To me, that's a draw. They're both young quarterbacks, totally unproven. I I put that in the draw category. Um, the Ravens and the Jets. And I mean, you you that's a full fledged QW. And Lamar Jackson is better than way better than Joe Flacco. Trevor Lawrence and Carson Wentz. I gotta win that one. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be, you know, in the Peyton Manning grade category. He's supposed to be way better. Carson Wentz is a laughing stock quarterback right now. A laughing stock. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be on oh, great Trevor Lawrence. So I, I I win that one. Sorry, QWs. I win that one. Uh, Baker Mayfield against Jacoby Brissett. Baker Mayfield is the number one overall pick. He's the great Baker Mayfield who gets to laugh at the Giants for picking Daniel Jones. Well, you ain't any better than Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, and you're supposed to be better than Jacoby Brissett. So guess what? I win that one too. Team game, folks. This ain't a game of hearts between quarterbacks. Um, Matt Ryan versus Davis Mills. I know the game was a tie, but I got to win that one. Wait a minute. Davis Mills is not nearly – Matt Ryan's a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. I got to win that one too. Daniel Jones 
Daniel Jones won. Well, y'all told me Daniel Jones was a laughing stock. Daniel Jones is up there with Carson Wentz. Baker Mayfield's laughing at the Giants still for picking Daniel Jones. I got to win that one. Tannehill's not great, but he's done more in his career than Daniel Jones. I got to win that one. Kirk Cousins against Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins, I think, is going to have a great year. But Aaron Rodgers is an MVP, arguably one of the best passers in the history of the game, and everyone laughs at Kirk Cousins. Sorry, QWs. Eh, You lose that one, too. Mahomes over Murray. You win that one. This one's interesting. The Chargers beat the Raiders. Carr, I don't think it's quite. I think most of us have Carr. Kind of behind that one. So I'll give you that one to the QWs. Tom Brady won over Dak Prescott. You win that one. So, again, if y'all, I, I feel like I was generous to the QWs. I'm giving the QWs a 7-6-2 and two record. And I, it could easily be the, I felt like you, I gave you all the pushes. That we could probably have more than two in the draw category. Uh, that ain't impressive. I know right now, and look, if if the Broncos win tonight, like I hope happens, you'll be eight, six, and two, and that's with me being generous. But that ain't that ain't overwhelming, folks. It's a team game, team game. I know y'all think it's not team game. All right, we'll go ahead and take a timeout. Come back, team game. QWs. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Kevin Foote. The real An award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the the host bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. A normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Want to remind you, Astro getaway five, the last one. Astros will be playing the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October the 1st. And this will be your last chance to win an Astro Weekend giveaway where if you join the uh, the game clubhouse or rewards club, you will be eligible to win four tickets to that Saturday game on October the 1st between the Astros and the Rays Hotel Accommodations and a tour of Minute Maid Park. Astro Weekend getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Um... Astros again. 
won a two-game series, a three-game series, I should say, over the weekend against the little MVPs. Um, really did a great job uh, at the plate yesterday. They, you know, are, uh, elsewhere lately, I still don't not all that happy with the offense, but they did a great job yesterday. Now the Astros go to Detroit. Weird series. Um, go on the road. Framer Valdez tonight against Eduardo Rodriguez, the man who was MIA for a lot of the season. And by the way, that's going to be a 540 start tonight on the game. 540, kind of an unusual start. They are in, um, well, it's, you know, I guess that's 640 their time. Uh, and then tomorrow, Hunter Brown will make his second start at Detroit. Detroit's not had a good season, but again, that doesn't mean they can't win the game. We understand uh, how how baseball is. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111 if you would like to get in. 706-0111. Um, I mean, so much to discuss in the first day of, of the NFL. We talked about a few of the, of the games, uh, obviously focusing more on the Saints game, and it was just bad. The uh, the special teams I didn't think were great. You missed the field goals, a couple of coverage things that I thought could have been a little better. Um, even some of the makes were line drive kicks, which I just don't like, especially indoors. Um, I understand maybe if you're in a windy situation, you want to kick more of a line drive kick, but I just uh, I was that was not good. Uh, the offense I thought was miserable for most of the game. The defense was miserable for most of the game, and we'll see. I mean, again, it's a preseason game, but it counts, and 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 they were looked like it was a preseason game. I mean, that was not a good performance. And there was also a lot of slipping. Was it just me? I mean, like, a lot of the Saints were slipping. I mean, it wasn't like they're playing. I, I didn't understand all what all that slipping was, but there's no question that Jameis – and we've got to we've got to put it through a probationary period. I, I I get what Rockefeller is saying about underdog, but Shazam just has a ring to it. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards Shazam right now. Um, but underdog might really kind of make a little more sense. Maybe I don't know. We have to. Kind of, we got to put that one through a test for a little while and see what comes out on the other side there. But um, no, I, I was mostly very unhappy. Um, and we're going to be talking with Cody Juno, Cajun sideline reporter, tomorrow, a lot more in depth about the Cajuns' victory over Eastern Michigan. But um, Trey Amos. We talk a lot, a lot about the similarities between the Saints and the Cajuns. Cajuns have been playing without a starting cornerback in Trey Amos. So all signs point towards him being back. That will be a good thing. Paulson Adebo did not play yesterday. He better be back. Cat, the season started. It's time to play. It's time to play. So hopefully he'll be back. They need him. Yeah, and look, I, I I I was ecstatic when the Saints brought Bradley Roby back. He was bad yesterday. The whole defense was bad yesterday. Paulson Adebo better be back. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, 
Yeah, man, I'm glad you uh, mentioned that uh, in your last segment, man, about the whole um, quarterbacks, whisperers, you know. Because the reason I say that, man, and I'm not trying to knock on anyone on this station, but I listen to the afternoon show, and I'm, I'm hearing their predictions um, for the week one. It's almost like they watch soap operas, man. To pick up, to sit up here and pick Baker Mayfield because how well, the Browns treated him. Oh, Baker's going to win this game, and he's going to go back to being terrible. I, 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 could, I didn't see that. I didn't see Carolina beating Cleveland yesterday. Um, I don't know, man. I just think um, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, man, because uh, Baker Mayfield is not that dude. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you said, this dude, this dude should never been a first round pick. He's more of a fourth, third, third rounder. I'm more of a third rounder. I give him that. Yeah. But I don't see it, man. I'm glad you said that, man. I, I think we get too caught up. It's one thing for someone like me or a caller to get caught up in emotion. I understand you are the way you are, but I think some of these young cats be watching soap operas, man. Some of the way they pick, uh, the way they look at it, their their reason, their logic when it comes to picking some of these teams, man. I don't, I don't know what it well, is. Well, it's all I, based on quarterbacks. I'm not that, though. I'm 40. Right. Say that again? Right, but the problem is their whole life is their whole life as sports fans. They've been fed this garbage that the sport of football is all about quarterback play. That's all it's about. It's garbage. Now again, does it help to have a great quarterback? Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're going to win the game. Hey, speaking of that, did you watch any of the uh, Buccaneers Cowboys game? No, I followed on my phone, but I did not watch any of it. No. Sir. Situation with Dallas, they they uh they have two of their receivers if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong on that information. Uh, Dak, man, I think he out for a good minute. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think this is last year. I know I'm just week one. On, on, you know what I'm saying? But wh- where's that cat from? Erap, that, that little one with the hot squeeze voice, always calling out the Cowboys. Has, has he called this week? I mean, uh, this morning? He hasn't called yet. No, his co- his Cowboys are in trouble. Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, like I say, man, his his stick his his stick is also garbage too. The way he calling he'll be a cowboy fan. Come on, man, root for your team and shut yeah, up. No, yeah, no, I want to thank you. I agree. No, he he. I mean, he knows he's joking. There's no way I'm gonna pull for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna stop being a Saints fan. I mean, again, that ain't happening. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. One more before the last break. Hello. We can't do it. We just can't do it. Kevin Foot. Yes, sir. Switch gears a little bit now. We had a little bit of Saints talking, everything is swell right now, coming back after that victory. But Kevin Foot, you know how good it feels to watch the Bella Cheats face crushed over there? How good it feels? Thought they paying the piper, huh? I didn't look, see that game, but it didn't sound this. like it think didn't sound that, like it though. went very good think for about them. This carefully. Yeah. yeah. Let this sink in. Tua tag level over owns the Patriots. Four and <laughs> Think about that now. Out of all the bozos that have been quarterbacking in that little AFC East over there and everything, all the guys that have ran through that pipeline down there, all the guys that Tommy Tuck has been dominating all these years, him and Belichick, all these years. Now look how the Belichick is looking right now. Tua on them. That, that's terrible. And I'm not knocking Tua. I'm not trying to you listen. I'm not knocking Tua or nothing like that. But I go to show you. When you pay the piper, baby, you're gonna pay it hard. And right now, I thought it was just Stafford that owned, you know, the, pay, the you know Brady and the Patriots or whatever and everything. But Tua, falling over against the Patriots, boy, it feels so good to see the Bella Chickens fall flat on their face. Pay the piper. I hope they never win another game in history. You hear me, Kevin Foot? It feels so good to watch them fall. So if Buffalo go win that division and take over, 
and Miami is going to be sucking or whatever, well, God dog it, right now is the time to do it. Don't let them up. Keep your feet on their necks. Keep their face in the mud because they belong where they belong. Trash. Tua on them. That says a whole lot to me, Kevin Foote. The world is a better place when the Patriots are bad. Believe that. Have a good one. All right. Man, I didn't even know Tua's been around long enough to play four games against the Patriots. All right. That'll do it for this segment. We'll take a time out, come back, finish out today's show on this glorious Monday morning on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, the game clubhouse. If you haven't joined by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, what are you waiting for? You could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or maybe $25 to Mabel's Kitchen. You can't win Astro prizes either or other prizes to come if you don't join the Game Clubhouse. It's free. It's simple, so go sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, our first, I mean, last week was our first, but this week was the first Monday in football season where, you know, Saints played, Cajuns played, LSU played, NFL football was a full-fledged football weekend, even, you know, in high school football uh, as well. Uh, We'll get to more of that later in the week, so... Uh, every year, uh, people nationally, people here, we got to remind ourselves it's one week. But like we talked about, there were there there are things that happen in the game, even for the Steelers that won. Like you wonder what the ramifications are down the road. Um, you know they lost T.J. Watt. I don't know how long Harris is going to be out. You just wonder what it's going to be like for them down the road, but they always seem to find a way to hang in there in Pittsburgh. But Dallas, I think, is in deep yogurt. I think think they're in deep yogurt. We'll see, though. It's just one game, but it's pretty unsettling. Uh, You know, another team is the Arizona Cardinals. It might be real easy to say, well, they played the Chiefs. The Chiefs were out to prove that, you know, without Tyreek Hill, they're fine. And they seem to prove it. I mean, they look tremendous. But the problem is the Cardinals are normally the fast-starting team. So could it be that this year they're going to go in the other direction? I don't know. It's just one game. It's just one game. So I'm going to keep – we've got to keep t- – and it's a preseason game. It's not even a full-fledged game. But still, some things look really good and some things look really bad. Obviously, time will tell. All right, remember tonight's Monday night game. Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. You can hear it right here on 103.7 The Game. Y'all have a very nice day.